You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. And we're stacked and packed today on Locked On NFL. We're going to start with Gruden in the Raiders. Are they legit? Plus, we've got a little Dolphins on tap as they've won three straight games with Tua Tungavailoa under center. And Jameis Winston, can he pull a Teddy Bridgewater? Plus, yep. as always, Tony, a look at some draft prospects in the 2021 NFL draft. And we're going to talk about some of the maybe – not as popular signal callers that could make an impact in the NFL. No doubt about it, man. It's good to be with you again on a Wednesday. And uh, it gets it gets more and more weird every single week because I look back at our shows and the topics that we had. I, I recall us uh, early in the year, we big up the team and then the team got beat the very next week, right? So last week, we big up the, the Saints they didn't lose, but they lost their quarterback. It seems like every time we come on here, and this week is the Raiders' uh, turn. So my boy, school, my boy Q out there with the uh, Locked On Raiders, he better be looking <laughs> out because every single time we get on here and talk about somebody and brag about them, the next week they get a lump put on the side of their head, and then all of a sudden something happens to them. So hopefully we're not the Madden Jinx version of podcasting. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. We'll see this week for sure. And a quick reminder that this football season is different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers. These passionate fans are the real, real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. All right, Tony, let's dive into it. You mentioned the Raiders. Maybe we are the, the Madden jinx, and maybe we're not. Here's what I do know. They're 6-3. and three. They're second in the AFC West. They beat down the Broncos the other day, and suddenly Derek Carr, John Gruden, and the Las Vegas Raiders are players in the NFC. And by the way, they're on Sunday Night Football this week, a matchup against what – a lot of people consider the league's best team the Kansas City Chiefs, who they already knocked off this year. They already beat them. And uh, one of my friends in personnel, and I'll leave him his name out. In fact, he, uh, he's a GM, and he mentioned to me, and I'll leave his name out, only because, you know, I'm sure he probably didn't tell me this, knowing that I was going to mention it on a national podcast. I mentioned the Raiders draft to him, and he said, you know what? They have a type. They have a type that they want. If you notice, if you go back, James, one of the themes that they had, they got a bunch of tough guys. Henry Ruggs, you think of some of the things that he's been through and, and, and the way his personality is yoked. Arnett. And on draft night, there was a lot of talk about the fact that the Raiders got a bunch of guys that if you were going to get in a bar fight, you would want them on your side. And, and that they had this, this toughness gene about them, whether it was because of how they played the game, whether it was because of their upbringing, whether it was because of their no-nonsense approach. They did that two years in a row. They did it the year before with Cleveland Farrell. They just got guys on their team. 
the running back Jacobs, remember the story about how he used to sleep in his car and all of this stuff, and he was a three-star recruit, and nobody wanted him. And, and all. It's just the theme that they have with their team. So what they're looking like they're doing, and this is what Mayock wanted, they're going out and they're punching people in the mouth. That's how you – you don't try to out – remember everybody was trying to out Golden State, Golden State. You're not going to do it like that. What you have to do is to beat Kansas City, you got to get in a bar fight with them. You're not going to out speed and out air Kansas City. They've already done it one time. And I think what they want to do is they want to do the total opposite of what KC is, and they want to be the bruisers and the tough guys of that division. And so far, they seem like they are taking on that mantra, and they're being a tough – they're basically being Raider fan with helmets and, and pads on on the field. And it might be working, man, because the scrutiny that comes along with two things. You give a coach who comes out of the booth a $10 million contract per year for 10 years, and then you give a GM, a guy who's a draftnik, well, a guy who's a draftnik who comes from TV, you give him a job, first time in personnel, you give him a job, and people are going to scrutinize you. And two years in, it's starting to, it's the third year, but it's starting to pay dividends right now. There's no doubt it's starting to pay dividends. And there were so many conversations about Derek Carr and is he the guy and all of these things. And he looks at right now, and you're right. It's, it's funny you mentioned trying to out-chiefs the Chiefs. Well, isn't that what Denver's blueprint was to a degree? They went mm-hmm. out and got a couple of receivers in the first couple rounds of the draft. They already had Cortland Sutton and obviously setting out for the year. But it looked like they were trying to go all in on offense and add a bunch of firepower. Uh, you, you know, with Hamler and Judy. And I'm not knocking those guys because I think they're good receivers and right. going to be good in the NFL. But, man, that's, that's much, much easier said than done. And, and I think the Raiders, some of these guys they got at receiver, they're, they're, they're underrated at this point. I mean, Nelson Aguilar's made some big catches for them. Unreal. Obviously, you got a guy in Darren Waller who's the, the catalyst in the passing game. But they have some decent pieces around them. I, I like this team. I'm not saying they're necessarily a Super Bowl contender or anything like that. And it is Patrick Mahomes, who's right now the MVP. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's much easier said than done to sweep them. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if they give them a game and, and win on Sunday. And that's – I was surprised the first go-around, 40-32. to 32. Right. I won't be surprised if that happens again on Sunday night. Me either. And, and one thing that I, I do have to watch out for, though, with them is – I've noticed a little bit of a tendency for them to play really, really well when they play a good team and not play so well when they play a team that's not really, really good. So you really have to watch that too with a, with a young team. But kudos to Gruden. You know, we've given him a lot of grief for the long play calls. And, and, and I know when he was being Tampa, we used to joke around that he had seven quarterbacks on his roster and, and the 72 wide banana or whatever it was called and, and loving every quarterback he's ever seen. And, and all of this stuff, and and wondering if the game passed him by. You know, we saw guys that were successful that left, whether it was Joe Gibbs and Jimmy Johnson, they came back, and it just seems like something was missing, like the game had sort of passed him by a little bit. Good for him. Good for him that he's 6-3 and three in, in, a, in a tough con- – and look at his schedule. They played a lot of tough people, and, and he's gone out and he stood tall with it. So you got seven games left to go. Right now, they're in the thick of it in the, in the division. They're in the thick of it in their conference with the extended playoffs. They look like a team 
that's going to make it. So it would be a it would be a win win situation for him right now if they do make the playoffs, and it'll be a win win situation for Mike Mayock, who's been criticized. They you know they had a third round pick this year that they traded away, and then they you know they didn't take Josh Allen last year. They took Cleveland Farrell, and he got criticized about that. So uh, Colton Miller, I mean. I think that's his name, the the left tackle, the the kid mm. that they took out of UCLA. Yep. He, uh, John Gruden was roundly criticized for that. Not anymore. The kid's playing better. So, yeah, you know, sometimes with these things, with, in terms of player development, you really, really have to wait and watch and see how they turn out. As, and we're going to segue to this. Brian Flores, roundly criticized at first. That's another team that's 6-3. and three. Roundly criticized at first especially how they traded away Kenyon Drake. He goes out there and lights it up in Arizona. They traded away Minka Fitzpatrick. He lights it up in Pittsburgh. Well, look at here. Look what's going on in South Florida right now. You can say the same thing. He's breaking that Belichick coaching tree. Let me get your thoughts on him and what's going on in Miami because they are really, really excited. How about this? T-shirt saying two alive crew are going on in oh, South Florida. They're excited about that. Man. I like that. Two Alive crew. I need that. I need that shirt. I'm yeah, serious. I, I, I like this group. Look, yes, I, I like Tua Tagovailoa before the draft. Um, I, I was one of the ones in Cincinnati saying, look, Burrow does seem like the no-brainer, but you got to look at these other two dudes, and they all seem legit. I mean, Tagovailoa, 3-0 and as a starter now. The, the Dolphins have won. I believe it's four straight games. I might be wrong on that. I believe it's four, though, because they – one, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick played poorly against the Jets before Tua took over. Look, at 6-3, and three, I look at this schedule for the Dolphins. They're going to make the playoffs. I'll go ahead and call it now. I'm in. I, I'm in. I, I just I think that they, they can make the playoffs. They have the Broncos this week. We literally just talked about them. The week after, the Jets. The Jets. We've talked about the Jets multiple times this year, Tony. And what is it? How bad the Jets are. And then the team I cover, the Bengals, that's a very winnable game at home. And then you got the Chiefs, the Dolphins, or the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Raiders. Right. So three tough games to end it. But if they can make their hay over the next three, they could be sitting at nine and three. Tua could be six and zero oh as a starter with three games to go. I think nine and three is going to be good enough to get you a wild card in the AFC. Maybe I, even win the division. I mean, it's they're only a half game out. Right. And guess what? He, he, you know, that first game, you wonder, you know, okay, well, jitters, 97 yards, but they blew out, you know, the team that they were playing. So he didn't have to do much. He has some pop in his arm, man. And he, and he provides a little bit of something that makes those guys, those guys got a little extra hitch in their get up when they, when they come out of the huddle. And there is more upside and there is more enthusiasm and there is more belief than, than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I, and I think the guys just appear to, to seem like they can go further and it's exciting. And, and I can understand now why Brian Flores pulled the trigger and went with this kid when he went with him. And it's just good to see him come back from injury to a, and, and it's also good to, to, to see Brian Flores be the guy that kills the narrative that the coaching tree, even though Bill O'Brien has some success going to the playoffs, you know, of course, the DeAndre Hopkins catch is making people give Bill O'Brien a whole bunch of grief right now but <laughs> for, for what he did. But he went to the playoffs. You know, he wasn't a, a total failure, you know, but like the rest of these coaches that, that have left his tree. But Brian Flores is really, really looking like he's the crown jewel of the Bill Belichick tree. And, and, and the Dolphins, much like the Raiders, 
have sort of turned that corner a little bit, and, and they look like that team is going to be in line to really, really make a long run. We got a lot to do here on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. And just like my man said, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about Jameis Winston and an opportunity that he has to mimic or emulate, if you will, the success of not one, but two quarterbacks that rehab themselves and were able to get big contracts. We're going to do that and discuss that at length here on a Locked On NFL Wednesday with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, and we'll do that in just a second here on Locked On NFL. Summer bods are made in the winter, Tony. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. And right now, let's be honest, you need a little motivation with everything going on in the world. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation level of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. So you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to mask up. You don't need to brave the cold if you're in Ohio like I am. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at your home for 30 days. All you got to do, go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. Again, that's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. I need to do that right now, Rapine. I'm telling you, man, because uh, I've been hurt a little bit as we come back to Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. I had, a, I had some heel spurs, bro. I've been limping around here dragging my foot and uh, turned in a little bit of bursitis. And uh, I'm feeling better today. Today's the best I've felt in a long time, brother. So I don't know if you can tell in my voice, but I got a little – I was just talking about two of giving some people a hit a little extra bump in the giddy up. I got a little extra bump in my giddy up today, James. Well, because you were talking about Tua. I mean, he's infectious. He helps everybody. He, he's is. helping He's helping Tony Wiggins on Locked On NFL right now. Huh? That's right. And, and you know what? Who helps? I can't help, man. One of the things I look forward to is the pregame routine of Jameis Winston. Jameis, I don't know if you've seen Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah, I have. Oh, yeah, I dancing. have. <laughs> they, they put me <laughs> – they put the memes up. They put the music to it. I wish I could share it right here. I wish I wish this was a video podcast so people could see it. Ryan Clark from ESPN, he said, this is why you only see Taysom Hill and Drew Brees throwing the ball to his teammates. And they have Jameis off to his side because they wouldn't dare let him be around them while he's doing this stuff. Man, it is hilarious. But guess what? Jameis is going to play this week because if you haven't heard, Drew Brees was already playing injured and then he got hit the other day. The dude is tough as nails. He's about 79 years old, and it, apparently he has some cracked crack ribs and a, a lung that's, what, collapsed. And I don't even want to think about it. You talk about somebody being hurt. That's terrible, you know. But to think that at his age he was out there toughing it out, one, he's earned my respect. He always has. But Jameis Winston, we talked about some guys that he has the chance to pull the redemption and, and emulate. Name them. Yeah. Oh, man. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's really following the Teddy Bridgewater path. And what we saw from Teddy last year, where he didn't have many options as a starter, was hoping to be a starter. Um, so he goes back to New Orleans and he gets to play and he shows the rest of the NFL that he can help them. And he kept them afloat when Breeze got injured. So that's one. And the other one's Ryan Tannehill. 
And the reason this one makes sense, Tony, is how old is Drew Brees? You said 79 years old. And yep. we're, we're kind of being funny there, but the dude is 41 years old. He's dealing with a collapsed lung, broken ribs, and he had to be convinced by Sean Payton to come back this year. I get it. He's in great shape. This could be Drew Brees' final season. So if Jameis plays well down the stretch, not only is he auditioning for 31 other NFL teams, and I know it's not that many, but still the rest of the league, but he's auditioning to be the successor, Drew right. Brees' successor in New Orleans. Right, he is. And as, as freaky of an athlete as Taysom Hill is, I don't know if Taysom is like an every-down quarterback type dude. One thing you can I, – I, I, I don't think so. I, I'll say it right now. Because yeah. if, if he was – He would have played – he would have been the guy that they went to the other day. What, what, and, and wouldn't you throw with him more because of the threat to run? Like, defenses right. assume – like, why would you hide him so much if he was that good of a quarterback? I don't know. Right, right. So, the thing with Jameis is this. Folks don't realize something. If you take away – and I'm not going to make light. And, and, and in all fairness and transparency, I'm a Florida State supporter. I didn't go to the school, but I love him. And I was a Florida State supporter. And I'm a huge Jameis fan. But usually when guys graduate college, I root for them for the first year or two. But then after that, I don't care. They go to the NFL. They just go to the NFL. But <laughs> the thing with me is, if you take away the first – well, if you take away – and this is a lot to say in the NFL. If you take away about four throws a game, Jameis Winston is an all-pro. And in the NFL, you're right. That's because you could say the same thing about Jay Cutler, right? If you take away four throws a game, like two picks and then two that should have been picked, right? So that, that's a lot to say. But if you watch his tape and you watched him play, there are also about four throws a game that Jameis Winston makes that maybe eight or nine people in the NFL can make. And I'm not making that up. Trent Dilfer has said that before. Other quarterbacks have said that before. I've seen people just go, that's unreal. And the one thing about it is his talent level is high. It's just that his mistake level is high too. And I don't know what it is with him. I don't know if it's because he's a gambler. I always compared him. My comp was him. A lot of people thought it was Ben Roethlisberger. I always said he was Phillip Rivers. I said it the day he got into the NFL because he has a little funky release. And he's just that fiery. He used to argue back and forth with Jimbo Fisher in college. I said he's a fiery competitor. And much like Phillip Rivers, he throws picks and he takes chances. And that stuff will get you – it'll get you put in a situation where he's in right now. Hopefully he's humbled himself. He's changed his body a little bit. Maybe humbling himself by, by being on the bench for the first time in his life probably he's never been on a bench, even as a little leaguer, whether it was football or baseball. And it, and he's seen the game a little bit and he realizes he doesn't have to be a hero and he doesn't have to do everything. And by the way, he looks at Tom Brady while they played the Saints and he realized that all of those interceptions weren't his fault because Tom Brady right in front of Jameis Winston just last week threw a boatload of himself and it was the offensive line. So all of that stuff wasn't really on Jameis too but he has to take responsibility for a lot of it. I actually think this is a good chance for him to do exactly what you just said and for the Saints to retain Jameis Winston. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I think it's one, the, the difference I would say between Jameis even last year versus this year, and, and we can make fun of his pregame routine, but you watch him do that, and those hips are a bit lighter. 
my man's in shape. <laughs> you yeah. know, he, he really did. He worked on his body. You can tell it now. Will it translate to on-field success? I'm not sure. You got people on social media that are going to talk about the LASIK he underwent and stuff like that. Will that help with the turnovers? I don't know, but I, I do think this. He's one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet right now in the NFL. I believe Right, you, you know, available to, to be a starter. And because of circumstance, he wasn't able to, to land one of those jobs. Because honestly, I think if the Bucs didn't get Tom Brady, who, why wouldn't you want Tom Brady? Then they would have probably went back to Jameis. And, and so he, he gets a shot now, a chance to really show that he is a starter in the NFL. And I think he's going to blossom with it. I mean, he's got a healthy Mike Thomas, who's getting healthier by the week after missing most of the season. You have Alvin Kamara, who's, I want to say the best running back in the league. It's close between him and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he does so much. And uh, I think Vikings fans are cringing because I'm not mentioning Dalvin Cook. But you I'm know, cringing. He's, he's, I'm cringing because you're not mentioning Dalvin Cook. But I, I'm sure you are. But hey, <laughs> the the way the way Kamara is playing right now, yeah. I, it's unbelievable. So this is a, a good spot for Winston to come into, and he's going to be playing to do what? Hopefully, win the NFC South. We don't know how long Breeze is going to be out. But let's say, uh, and as we record this on Tuesday afternoon, we haven't heard. Um, if Breeze is going to go on IR or not, but he might, he might miss up to three weeks. That's a huge chunk of the year now down the stretch with seven weeks to go. And they're just ahead of Tampa Bay. They do have the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers, but I got to ask you, Tony, with Drew Breeze out, Jameis Winston in, do you think the Saints still win the NFC South? Because I think for sure they would have had Breeze stayed in there and not been injured, but now, He's dealing with it, and he's, he's out, and Jameis is in. Do you think it's still enough for the Saints to, to win the division? Yes, and I'll tell you why. One, uh, because they have a really good defense. Two, because they've now beaten, if I'm not mistaken, they've beaten the Bucks twice. So the advantage is, is that if they end up in a tie, they're going to get the advantage in a tiebreaker scenario. So I think their defense is, is that good. And I don't know what their schedule is. I don't know if if they if they have to play if they have to play anybody in the NFC East, they're going to win those games, obviously. Uh, but I, I do believe, uh, by virtue of the fact that they they've won those games against the Bucks, that that's going to give them a chance. Um, uh, yeah. So because of the defense and the way the defense can play, and and they they can really guard people. And I've seen them shut people down. And I've seen Tampa have some, some moments where it's just head scratchers. Like, against Green Bay, Tampa's defense looked great. And then against some other people, Tampa's defense didn't look great. And, you know, they have a, they have a problem guarding people, too, on the back end. So, you know, we're just going to have to see, man. But I really believe that it's a sh- – first of all, it's a shame. All of them could make it if the league mandated nobody had to take a, a team out of the NFC least. But we know that's not going to happen. So somebody's going to get in from the East. The, 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 the issue is, is that there are going to be multiple teams coming out of the West as well, because the West is, is extremely competitive right now too. Uh, and in Minnesota, we saw last night with Minnesota surging with Dalvin mm-hmm. coming back off injury and then their defense waking up. And then Kirk Cousins has decided he's not going to throw interceptions anymore. They're surging as well in, in, in the North. So, uh, they're getting closer and closer and closer to that other wild card, the back end of that wild card situation. So um, they're just probably just swapping places with the Bears, though. So, yeah, but I do still think if they don't win the division, they'll have a chance to make it. 
And if they just get in, they'll give Breeze a chance to get back. Yeah. So I think they'll still be in good shape. But I think, you know, I think Peyton with a game plan, the way he does it with those short passes, I think they'll be fine. I really do. You, here's my take on it, because I think that this – it's really up to Jameis, because New Orleans is not going to win if they don't have home field advantage. <laughs> How about that for a take? Gotcha. I, I, I do not see Drew Brees going to Green Bay and winning the NFC Championship game. I, I guess you could, you could say, all right, well, he can go to Tampa and do that, right? He, he can go to, to some of these places. Um, but even – let's say they had, would have to play Philly. Let's just say that would be tough. So they're tied right now with Green Bay, top of the NFC, seven and two. Only one team is going to get a bye. If, if I'm the Saints, you've you got to find a way because if you don't and it doesn't go through New Orleans and you're not playing in that dome, that's, uh, that's really, really going to hurt you when you're talking about any cold weather games. And, and I think that there are a couple teams here that could make a, make a run that we're not, we're not even seeing in the NFC. Uh, as far as cold weather, uh, you know, the Eagles still sit atop of the East, which is, is weird, but um, you know, even, even what if they had to go to Seattle or have to go to Los Angeles or Arizona? Seattle's, that, a, that'd be Seattle's, tough. Seattle's a problem. Seattle's a problem because, because of the, you know, obviously the weather Los Angeles, maybe not so much of a problem. Uh, although Jalen Ramsey and uh, Aaron Donald exactly. are a problem. So yeah, the, the talent is a problem there. Less about the weather. And that, right. that's the thing is it's either cold or just, asking your 41 year old to go on the, on the road. I mean, I would say the same thing about the Buccaneers. If they don't find a way and they have to go to Seattle and then they have to go to New Orleans and they have to go to green Bay. Well, good luck. Cause Tom Brady as great as he is. And as good as that offense is, they're not going to get through those three teams and make it through the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you're right about that real quick. The Patriots. I'm impressed with you the other night with them, <laughs> man. I picked Baltimore you can't count Bill Belichick out, and and that's that's the reality of it. For better or worse, he's going to do his damnedest to to stay in it, and and I don't think they're a playoff team or anything like that. I just I don't. But would it shock me if they were able to make a run? I mean, you have the Texans this week. I certainly think that's winnable. Uh, you have the Cardinals. What better way for the Patriots to put the league on notice again than to contain Kyler Murray? and handle business against the Arizona Cardinals. And it's at home, it's in Foxborough, so that, that is still a little bit of a benefit. And then you have the Chargers on the road, which is a winnable game. So that's their next three. If they go 2-1 and one over that stretch, which I, I think is – I don't even know if I'd expect that, but I, I think that's reasonable, then uh, I'll start to buy in. I'm still a little skeptical now, Tony, I'll be honest with you. But I, I could see them playing their way into the, the playoff picture here over the next few weeks. They're like roaches, just when you – think you killed them one crawls from underneath the refrigerator and and, and they don't die and, and cam newton you know if he plays like he played the other night they look good baltimore has their own issues though and i know or striker doesn't want to hear that but it is what it is up with locked on ravens so speaking of teams like new england and teams like that that may be too good to pick high in the draft but maybe um not bad enough to pick, you know, well, not bad enough to pick very high, but um, they're not picking really, really low either. Are they going to have a chance to get a good quarterback with all the talk about Lawrence and Fields and Lance and Wilson? I looked up and there are a couple of Heisman guys, actually two of the three favorites right now for the Heisman 
are guys that may not be top 15 picks. And as of late, those guys have done really, really good in the NFL and historically done good in the senior bowl. So in our third segment, which is the draft segment, we're going to talk about two guys who are doing really well and are probably right now the two favorites for the, the Heisman Trophy that have some legitimate claim to being good NFL quarterbacks. And one of them, statistically right now, is on par to match the record-setting season by your guy in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. We'll talk about it in just a second here on a Wednesday edition of Locked on NFL. First, man, let me tell you about Built Bar. I got to tell you about Built Bar, man, because Built Bar is the cold truth. And what do I mean by that? It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. I've been telling you guys that forever. But now they started out with 12. Now they have six new amazing flavors. Caramel brownie, uh, cookies and cream, uh, cherry, barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake. Oh, my God. Carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp. Still great texture, still great nutrition, and they're still good for you. They still satisfy your palate while keeping you healthy so that you're not cheating on your diet. And guess what? They're not in the candy section. I'm going to tell you where you have to find them. You got to go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's right. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. We do it here, and you got to do it too, man. But you better hide them from me because I'm going to come knock on your door and ask you to borrow them. I love me some Built Bars, and you'll love them too. All right, welcome back. Third segment here on the Locked On NFL Wednesday with James Rapine, and I am Tony Wiggins. Teams that don't pick very high in the NFL draft that may need a quarterback, don't fret. Don't worry about it, man, because guess what? The guys at the very top are not historically the only guys who are doing well in the NFL draft. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, lots of guys like that have turned out to be really well. Now, lately, Joe Burrow and all of these guys that got picked early, they're doing well, but guess what? Him, Kyler Murray, all of those dudes, they weren't really James. They weren't thought about as being the number one overall pick until their last year when they won the Heisman Trophy. Right now, Mac Jones from Alabama and Kyle Trask from the University of Florida are one and two in no particular order right now as the favorites to win the Heisman Trophy, and they're putting up record numbers. They are, and two guys to watch, two guys that are going to be playing in big games. I saw on Tuesday Kyle Trask was picked uh, for the the Reese Senior Bowl, so you'll see him there. Coaches will hopefully be able to get uh, a closer look at him, but you're talking about two guys that aren't getting the NFL buzz that some of these other players are going to get and rightfully so, right? Like we get why Justin Fields is in the mix. Right. You know, we get obviously why Trevor Lawrence is likely to be the number one pick and, and, and the rest of the guys, Trey Lance, et cetera. But these are two guys that maybe they'll fall at around two or three, but you know who else fell to, to the mid rounds? Dak Prescott did. And there was sure. a lot of questions about Dak Prescott and guess what? He came in right away and was an adult was ready to take on Dallas, uh, the media there, the expectations there was thrown into a starting role right away. And guess what? He was mature and ready to go. And, and so that's the thing here with, with these type of guys that you mentioned, it, you might be able to see that you're talking about Bama. You're talking about Florida, <laughs> two programs where you're used to winning. You're used to seeing it. And the, you're right about the numbers. The numbers are outstanding right staggering. now for both players. They're absolutely staggering. And I know people will go, 
Well, both of them, you know, Florida had four guys, I think, get drafted last year at receiver. And I got four more that's probably going to get drafted this year. Alabama had three last year, I believe, and they probably got three more that's going to go this year, even though the one kid got hurt. But it just doesn't matter, man. They're being asked to do a lot of NFL things and make a lot of NFL throws and NFL reads. The thing that's impressing me about both, and this is not a knock on Burrow, it's not a knock on Fields, it's not a knock on Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. The thing about these kids is there's more than one way to skin a cat. I like the fact that all of those other guys transferred to go find a more blue sky and, and a better situation for themselves. And I know George is kicking himself because they allowed him to transfer. And the difference between Georgia and the programs that they can't beat right now, whether it be Alabama or LSU, is the fact that you aren't, you're not going to beat those teams with a walk-on quarterback, period. That's why they can't beat Florida and Alabama this year. It's because they're trying to do it with a walk-on quarterback instead of a guy that's headed to the NFL. Now, to get back to my point is those guys said, we're going to stick it out. We're going to stay here. Mac Jones is from Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm from. He was a four-star recruit. But Kyle Trask didn't even start a game in high school because they have a weird rule in Texas that you can't transfer. If you transfer within the state, you, you can't – even if you go to a, a whole other city – you can't play. And he was a backup at his school behind another quarterback by the name of De'Aaron King. So uh. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't transfer. But he went to camps. And he went to University of Florida camp, and Jim McElwain offered him. And he never started a game in his life. The kid was a two-star recruit, and Jim McElwain saw enough. And in Florida, they ran Jim McElwain out of here. But you can thank him now. And this is, this is why guys do their job. And at some point, about two years in, people wanted trash scholarship removed. They get him out of here because he was behind the, 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 the blue chip guy who was Felipe Franks, who's also playing well at Arkansas. But the thing is, is that's called player development. And so often people want to give up on kids. And when Mac Jones went to Alabama, they had Tua and they had, the, the quarterback up there, the one that went to Oklahoma, I, I can't think of his name, that is in Philly right now, uh, backing up. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Cam- yeah, Hurts, Jalen Hurts. But then Tua's little brother was a four-and-a-half-star recruit, right? And Mac Jones could have left, but he didn't. So Tua's little brother left and went to Maryland because Alabama signed another kid from California that was a five-star recruit, and everyone assumed that that kid was going to beat Mac Jones out, but he didn't. And now you look at Mac Jones and those two guys, probably along with Justin Fields, they're sitting there as two of the top three guys in the race for the Heisman Trophy. And it just goes to show you, if you transfer it to a better situation, and I know I'm being long about this, but it's just kind of my soapbox issue. That's cool for you, but it's also good sometimes for you to stay in a program and develop and good things can happen for you that way as well. There's no doubt. And that's the thing is, there are a lot of kids that make the move and then they don't start wherever they go to. And that's the important part. If you're going to transfer, make sure it is the right decision for you, for the program, et cetera, because this is the the perfect thing here. I mean, you're talking about two guys, where could you see them going in the draft? Because they're playing their way higher. You know, their, their, their draft stock isn't taking a hit from what they're doing. And that's the thing is, that the better you play, the more recognition you're going to get in college, the better your team's going to potentially do. And it's, 
it's a a good thing to see it work the other way where the the kid sticks around he says all right i'm gonna keep my head down i'm gonna keep working not only does he win the job but he has success in doing so um when talking about jones and and i I think there were a lot of people that just kind of didn't even think about him as an nfl prospect and now he's a lock to get drafted and i think that's uh, a ways away, a ways up draft boards compared to where he was maybe five, six months ago. Yeah, so where I think they'll go, and you made a great point, where I think they'll go is this. Really good team that's in the playoffs. We talked. Let's think about some of the teams we talked about earlier. Oakland. Like, if they don't have a glaring need at another position or they have addressed something in free agency, and they have Derek Carr, who's earned enough, who has enough cachet that they're going to stick with him. They're not going to replace him, but they're, but they're sitting there and they made a nice little playoff run and they're picking somewhere in the twenties. That's, that's the guy you take because he doesn't have to play right away. Oakland, you take, if you're Oakland, that's the guy you snatch. New England may have too many more pressing needs, but if you're New England and you're sitting there and you have some more, some more draft picks and you're in the second round, they're known to come up into that top of that second round or if they're, if they made some other moves and, and they have some other picks or if they do something with Gilmore and, and they get a late first or early second and they can package something, you get up to the end of the second round. And because he's a quarterback and you don't want to rush him and you want to get up to the end of the first and you need that fifth year option because you want to be able to hold on to him for a little longer. That's where you get him. And people don't understand too. That's probably why green Bay took the kid that they took in the first round as opposed to waiting to the second round because they're not rushing Aaron Rodgers off, but if you take him in the first round, you have the luxury of having that fifth-year option so you could actually groom him for a longer period of time. So those are the teams, the playoff teams or the teams that maybe had other glaring needs that missed out on taking a quarterback early. Like, say if Washington misses out on a quarterback Mm -hmm. and Washington drafts uh, uh, a left tackle because you know the top two guys were gone and, and they didn't want to draft uh, a developmental guy that early and they and they took the the, the left tackle from Oregon and then they and he saw, yeah yeah and then they say you know what instead of taking one of those we'll take a franchise left tackle and then we'll swing back through and if the draft board looks all right, we'll come back early in the second or we'll move up to the very back of the, the – the way Baltimore did for Lamar Jackson. We'll come back up to the very back of that first round and we'll take Trask. We'll rather have that combination than take another guy and then take a, a, a lesser left tackle in the second round. So that's what I think might could happen. And I, and I think the possibility of it works. But I do think that it was time for there to be some sort of shift from – not necessarily just rewarding all of the guys that were transferring, but I thought it kind of sent a bad message. And I thought the message was those guys weren't, some kids weren't necessarily looking at those individual situations and saying, well, Burrow had to leave because of fields. And they weren't necessarily looking at those situations. They were just saying, well, I got to transfer because it worked for those other people. And so for me, it shows that you can do it both ways. And I think it was great. Well, heck, heck, the the one transfer a couple of years ago, Tate Martell from Ohio State to Miami. See, he goes to the U, and he lost the starting job at the U. <laughs> so it, it blew up in his face, and and that that had a you know, there's a lot to that. How, story. how about J T. Daniels that left USC, five star dude? He's at Georgia, and Georgia's still playing a walk on. 
Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is it's not going to get handed to you just because of your stars, especially at these schools that they, they want to win. Nick Saban's going to win. He's not going to put you in because of your stars. He's going to put you in if you're the best player. Yeah. You're the best player, man. You're the MVP, man. That's why, you know, I look forward to being here with you every Wednesday, man. It's fun. It is fun. No, I'm, I'm enjoying this, Tony, man. Football season. We're in full swing. It is flying by. I, I was telling you before we started just flying by, but uh, I'm enjoying every second of it for sure. All right, I am too, man. You can catch this every Wednesday. Actually, Locked On NFL is every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, lots of uh, great content. We got a lot of guys that, that do their thing on here. James and I have our own individual shows every single day, Locked On Bengals and Locked On Jaguars. Subscribe on Google Podcasts. Uh, follow along on Spotify. Uh, and continue to take care of each other, man. Uh, you know, the football season is in full swing, and I'm glad we have football to discuss now. Football, football, football is in full swing. All right, James, until next week, uh, I'll see you next week. You guys tune in tomorrow for another edition of Locked On NFL. Take care.